0: Thank you so much for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about Our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. How many of you are old enough to remember? You're sitting there in front of your television. You're eating, now I'm going to get real old, bean dip. Anybody remember bean dip? Come on, that was a forerunner of salsa. That was before Mexicans had figured out how my people could get it in a glass jar. And, and you're sitting there and you're eating and you're just watching maybe a game. And all of a sudden on the TV comes beep. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. Were this a true emergency, you would be directed what to do. This is a test. This is only a test. Be how many remember that? Okay, young people don't even know what that is. They think that's the, the, the battery. The fire alarm needs a battery. Okay, this is old school. Remember when TV would go off at midnight. They'd play the Star Spangled Banner. Remember that? Yeah. And, and you sing. I mean, you wake up from a dead sleep at midnight and put your hand over your heart. <laughs> do the Pledge of Allegiance. And they're singing. And how many of you old enough to remember that? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love old people. Yeah. I am old people. <laughs> but wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if all of life's tests came like that? Well wouldn't it be great if 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 I mean you you just you're walking through you know and all of a sudden you hear beep your wife's coming home she's aggravated <laughs> things didn't go well her hair fell right after she left the beauty shop her nails were the wrong color even though she chose the right color and she is hacked <laughs> And you get up there you beat her at the front door with flowers going hi honey how are you what do you mean how am I See, you knew in advance. Wouldn't it be great if FedEx or UPS showed up at your door and rang the doorbell and you came and and they handed you a package and it said, welcome, all hell is about to break loose, get ready. (laughs) But life's tests and trials don't come that way, do they? We don't get advance warning today in our story we're going to realize that not only do we not get an advance warning, even Jesus did not get an advance warning. And so what we're going to see from our story today is how tests come, but we're also going to see how we can respond and how to overcome in life's tests and trials. Someone said either you're in the middle of a trial... You're coming out of a test or a trial or you're heading into a test or a trial. Guess what that means? Life is a trial. Life is a trial. Our story begins in Luke chapter four. Previous to this, Jesus, who actually is 30 years old, he's about to be baptized by his first cousin, John the Baptist, John the Baptist. And to this point, we actually only know two things about Jesus. Outside of Jesus's birth, which we know a whole lot about, about, you know, the the wise men and the angels and, you know, Herod wanted to kill him. We, We know about that. The only other thing we actually know about the life of Jesus is the Cajun miracle. When he turned water into, not margaritas at La Fonda's, Wine. Okay, and, and that's all we know. Outside of that, actually, all Jesus ever did was help his dad in his carpentry business so that when he went to his hometown, they didn't say, hey, there's the kid that turned the water into wine at a wedding. They said, hey, there's Jesus. He's the, he's the carpenter and the carpenter's son. They did my mom and him in his back porch. He did a remodel on my cousin's house. They did not know anything divine about him, nothing about the virgin birth, nothing about the mirror. Only thing they identified him as was what he did, not who he was. And now the story begins. He's baptized by John in the River Jordan. He goes out there. John is way outside of town, like in Psalm, and he's baptizing people, and Jesus goes to him and John's, he comes to John and says, baptize me. John says, I'm not worthy to baptize you. And he said, it's necessary. And so he baptizes him. And when he baptizes him, immediately what happens? The heavens open up, a dove descends, and a voice speaks from heaven and says, this is my beloved son, listen to, and whom I'm well pleased, listen to him. I mean, do you think if that happened to you, you'd be pretty fired up? You know, our baptistry is right up there. Imagine T-, T. Bob Broussard is coming, okay, and he's made it up there and we're baptizing him. As soon as we do, the ceiling rips open. A dove comes in. He doesn't get shot by anybody here in the house. Okay, that would be the Cajun miracle. A dove came and didn't get shot. And. And then all of a sudden a voice speaks and says, "This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased." Sha! Listen to him. Okay, how many of you would say you would leave church going, I've never been in a service like that before. Okay, first of all, what if that happened to you? How would you feel about yourself? Would you feel pretty good? Would you think that might be the highlight of your spiritual journey? Like forever? Yeah. Yeah. But look what happens to Jesus right after the highlight of his life in the first 30 years of his life. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. From the moment of his baptism, Jesus overflowed with the Holy Spirit. And he was taken by the Spirit from Jordan where he was baptized into the wilderness of Judea to experience for 40 days the ordeal of testing by who? By the accuser. Remember. God never tempts you. He will allow you to go through tests, but he never tempts you. It is Satan that tempts you. That's why he's called here the accuser. And he ate no food during this time and he ended his 40 day fast and he was very hungry. It was then that the devil said to him, read this with me, if you are really the son of God, command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread for you. And Jesus replied, "I will not read this with me, for it is written in: Life does not come only from eating bread, but from God. Life flows from every revelation that comes from His mouth. The devil lifted up Jesus and in high into the sky, and in a flash he showed him all the kingdoms and the regions of this world. And the devil said, "All of this is It's all in my power. It's my authority." and the splendor of it is mine, and I can give it to whomever I wish. Just do, and you will have it Have you ever heard that before? If you can have that one girl, just one thing, and you can have it all. If you can get that one job, and you can have it all. If you can get that house, you can have it all. If you could save up that much money, you could have it all. You can have it all. Simply bow down to worship me, and it will be yours. You will possess everything. And Jesus rebuked him and said, Satan, get behind me. Look behind you in the pew. For it is written, what? In the, only one is worthy of adoration. Therefore, we will worship only the Lord your God and love him supremely. Next, the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and set him on the highest point of the temple and tempted him saying, if you're really the son of God, jump down from all of the people for it is written in the scriptures, God has given angels instructions to protect you from harm for his angels hands will hold you up and keep you from hurting even one foot on a stone. And Jesus replied, it is also in the... How dare you provoke the Lord your God? That silenced the devil's harassment for the time. Now listen to this last part. This is the scariest part in this whole passage. So he retreated until. He didn't say I'm going to leave Jesus alone. He said, okay, this didn't work. I'll be back. At a better time. I, I remember once struggling in an era of my life and I was talking to someone who was a spiritual mentor to me, discipling me, and I looked at him and I said, I keep going through this test and I keep, I keep failing. When will this test pass? And they said, the test will pass when you pass the test. Thank you. <laughs> the test will pass when you pass the test. So what is Temptation. How do we know when it's coming and how can we overcome it? Number one, what is temptation? Number two, how do we know when it's coming? And number three, how can we overcome it? Number one, temptation is Satan's attempt to find an unmet need in your life and get you to meet it in an unhealthy and an ungodly way. Now, let me explain this. Okay. How many of you know we all have weaknesses? Okay, the people that didn't raise your hand, we know what your weakness is. It's telling the truth. Okay, we all have weaknesses. We just have different ones. We all fall into sin when we walk into the flesh, but we fall into different sin. So we're gonna do a group confessional by hand raising. Are you ready? So, is there anybody here that you have a short fuse? Yeah. Several people went, you don't even, <laughs> your fuse is so short you can't even do this. You're just like, all right, you didn't get that? How many of you, life can be good and you can be doing great and all of a sudden you drive down and someone cuts you off in the road? Huh? And how many of you start waving at them different directions? <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you the times that I've been running late to church, and I'll be on this road, and I'll be behind somebody, and they're going slow, and I'm going, "What is what the point?" And I'm God, you just moved these people. I mean, I, 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 and I'm just, I mean, you know, I just, you know, you try to, and finally, you, they, they do it, with, and they pull right into church right in front of me. <laughs> That's why I don't have a Christian bumper sticker on my car. I'm saved, but my car's not. <laughs> we all fall into different things. For some of you, you have a short fuse. For some of you, you can't say no to a fork. For forgetting victory, for victory over the devil, you're not even getting victory over a fork. So so when you get down or you get aggravated, you get in there and uh, there's no problem I have that two gallons of Bluebell can't take care of. (laughs) Some of us, it's eating. Some of us, it's anxiety. Some of us, it's worry. Some, it's depression. Some, it's lust. Some, it's fear. Some, it's guilt. Some, it's shame. It's all different parts of the flesh. And we all get tempted just in different areas. We all get tempted in different areas. So temptation is when Satan comes to a need that's unmet in your life and tries to give you an illegitimate way to meet. Is there anything wrong with food? No. Is there anything wrong with God, God? You know, some of you, you look at, you see people that are together. They have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Okay, you go to Moncus Park and they're just laying out there like they got a little picnic going on and a little, somebody with the violin behind them. And, They have sandwiches in the perfect picnic box. And in your mind, you're going, if only that was me. If only I had my moncus. You go by and you see two people and they're just shoved up in a corner in the back like this. And you just think, if only someone was holding me like this. All sin is, is Satan's attempt to get you to meet an illegitimate need. It can be loneliness. Okay. It can be a hunger, a hunger for love, affection, food, euphoria, for drugs or alcohol. It's just an untamed. Can can I tell you something? Let Let me say, how many of you here aren't? are are, are not married. If you're not married, raise your hand. Can I share something with you? Marriage is not going to solve your loneliness problems. Can I share something else with you? Marriage is not going to solve your lust problems. You don't fight lust with a piece of paper. Wave that paper to the devil all you want. He'll send nasty Nikki and her twin sister to you (laughs) still. He don't care. (laughs) A lady... A lady this morning came. I was greeting people and she looked at me and she goes, Do you know my name? I said, I said No, no, Mama. She goes, You asked me last time. I went, Could you give me the first initial? She said, It's Nikki. And I'm not nasty, Nikki. I said, no, I'm so sorry. It just came to me. I don't know. If your name's here, Nikki. I'm sorry. Unless it applies to you and then this is prophetic. (laughs) How does Satan know how to tempt us? How does he know? Jesus was hungry. Okay, it's obvious he hadn't eaten, so we know. How does the devil know? Do you know the devil is not omniscient, meaning all-knowing? He's not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at one time. So how does the devil know where to tempt us if he cannot read our mind? Do you know how? We tell him. We tell him. And we show him with our actions. You wonder why you keep falling in the same area? The test will pass when you... Pass the test. If it's worry, if it's fear, if it's anxiety, if it's an addiction, if it's alcohol, if it's drugs, if it's immorality, if it's lust, if it's pornography, the devil knows because we tell him with our words out of our mouth and with our actions. The devil cannot read your mind. Here's the second thing How do we know when temptation is coming? Answer, we don't. That's why it's called temptation. But in a test, guess how you can be sure you pass a test? How many of you made straight A's in school? I hate you in a Jesus kind of a way. I graduated in the upper 99% of my class. That's the lower 1% in case you don't know. Okay. Because I never studied. Do do you know how you can be ready for a test? Study in advance. Know what's going to be on the test. So that when it comes, you go, oh, I know what that is. Nasty Nicky's cousin. (laughs) Drunk Donald's brother. Okay, I know what that is. And you identify it because you've been prepared and equipped in advance so that when it comes, you know what to do. Temptation is Satan's attempt to meet an unmet need in your life. How do we know when it's coming? We don't, but we can be equipped. Listen to what somebody who failed a few tests of his own that people have been learning from from 2,000 years. Do you remember Simon Peter? Jesus says, All of you are going to betray me. Lord, I'm never going to betray you. These, these twerps, they probably will. I won't. You know, I'm a man. Jesus, it's me and you. We like this. This is me over here. <laughs> but this, you know, Jesus, I'm, I'm with you no matter what, Jesus. Nothing will ever happen. I am with you. I will never deny you. They might. That was the implication. None of the other ones stood up and goes, we won't either. Peter's the only one that said that. Who is the only one that denied Jesus three times? Peter. Now looking back, recognizing his own frailties, recognizing the devil was right there creeping, waiting for his pride and his weaknesses, which are insecurity, to be exposed. Listen now to what he says. First Peter 5 eight. be what? Alert and of a sober mind. Why? Because your enemy, the prowls around like a... Roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. He thought it was Jesus, and when he couldn't get him to fall, he leaves till another opportunity comes. What do you think he does to you and me? Right. I hate it when people drive slow in front of me. Let me tell you what I do. The devil, all right, slow driver Boudreaux is going to be in front of him, and then after that, I'm going to send this one, and I'm. He knows because we tell him. He knows because that is his job. One of the things about the devil you don't have to worry about, he's consistent. I knew a guy that wouldn't say anything bad about anybody. So a friend of mine said he walked up to him. He said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get him to say something bad about somebody. So he walked up to him and he said, what do you think about the devil? He said, he's good at his job. Now, Jesus, we can see through his example when his difficult test came, when he was hungry, and the first thing he got tempted with was food. There is a a term in addiction called halt. Say that with me, halt. What do you do when you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired? And by the way, we say this often. I want to say it again. If you know someone struggling with addiction, we have full-time professional addiction specialists that work at our church. Ran a 70-bed treatment center. You're a phone call away and it's all free, always. You pay for it every week when you tithe and give of your offerings. Thank you. I love saying this. We've helped 200 families who have loved ones in addiction and helped 50 of them be sent off to Teen Challenge for a year to get their lives transformed by the power of Jesus Christ all because of you. Thank you. So what do you do when you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired? What do you do then? Workaholics work, alcoholics drink, foodaholics eat. Anxiety and depression-aholics go into anxiety and to depression. that's, That's when you halt. So how, pastor, do we overcome temptation? How do we overcome temptation? You've heard me say before what Jesus modeled, Jesus meant. Say that with me. What Jesus modeled, Jesus meant. This story is written in the Bible for you and me so that we can learn how to deal with the devil when he attacks us, so that we can learn how to respond. So now Jesus is dealing with the devil and he gives us the actual steps for every one of us of how we should deal with him, knowing first that temptation only comes three ways. Do you know there's only three temptations in the whole world? It started in the garden of Eden, The apple was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and desirable to make one wise. Listen to what 1 John 2 says. That's the end of the Bible right before Revelations. 1 John 2, 16. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, number one, a craving for everything we see, okay? Lust of the eyes and pride in our accomplishments, achievements, and possessions, That is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's exactly what Eve said. The apple is good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and desirable to make one wise. So how can we overcome temptation? Let's just be real honest a moment. How many of you keep falling at the same test in temptation? Come on, be honest. Be honest, that's okay. It's okay, listen, this is a hospital for the hurt and not a palace for the perfect. If you're perfect, this is the wrong church for you. I keep telling you, if you're surprised to see somebody in church, they're just as surprised to see you. (laughs) Don't get cocky. Okay, what did Jesus do to overcome the devil? Number one, he was fasting. So the first thing, when you are facing intense test and temptation, fast. What is fasting? Fast is saying no to all my physical appetites so I can say yes to spiritual appetites. I don't know if you've known this, but they are against each other. They are against each other. And when I fast, what I do is I turn off TV. I turn off social media. I turn off all, feeding this to feed on this. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by the words that come from the mouth of God. I feed on this. Let me just ask you a simple question. It's a simple one. It's not one to make you feel bad. It's one to challenge you. If you read your Bible, okay, as much as you eat, how spiritually strong would you be? Let me ask it like this. If you ate... As much as you read, how physically strong would you be? Years ago, I took an NFL uh, player with me to a a players conference. That's back when me and Pastor Chris were with the Saints. (laughs) I was the chaplain of the Saints. I was with the Saints. And this guy had one of the top 10 bodies in the NFL. So we're staying in this room and... We wake up in the morning at this Hilton Hotel in Nashville. We were at this Christian conference for, for pro athletes. And I look over at him, and he's just ripped. I mean, he just, his muscles have muscles. His pimples have muscles. <laughs> I mean, he is just, he looks like a cross between me and Pastor Chris. I mean, he is just <laughs> small. <laughs> and I looked over at him, and I said, Derek, I mean, I just had a dream, man. I had a dream last night. He said, Pastor, what was it? I said, it was about you and me. He goes, it was? I said, yeah, it was spiritual too. He goes, tell me what it was. Tell me, Pastor, please tell me. I said, I had a dream that uh, we went to bed and when we woke up in the morning, your spirit looked like your body and my body looked like my spirit. He goes, what does that mean, Pastor? I said, that means I woke up looking like you and you woke up looking like me. (laughs) What would your body look like if it looked like how much you fed your spirit? Because if you keep wondering why your physical appetites draw you away from your spiritual appetites, it may be because you're feeding your physical appetites more than you're feeding your spiritual appetites. Jesus fasted. Here's the second thing Jesus did. He used the word of God. Every time the devil tempted him, he would say, it is written. The scripture says, the King James says, it's written. It's written, it's written. Say that with me. It is written. written. Say it again. It It is written. It is written. Now, if anybody could have looked at the devil, you and I, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can look at someone who's demon-possessed and go, in the name of Jesus, come out. And demons come out of people. Demons come out of people. How many of you believe that's true? Raise your hand. Ooh. Happened many times and often. Grown men, 6'3", six, 6'5", six, throwing people, little girls, 5'1", five, 5'2", five, throwing full-grown men left and right. And seeing them in the name of Jesus, demons come out and then free. Many times. So... We do that in the name of Okay, why didn't Jesus just look at the devil and go, I rebuke you in the name of myself? (laughs) Why didn't he do that? Because what Jesus modeled, Jesus meant. So what Jesus used against the devil, he was the word made flesh, but he used the word against the devil. So if Jesus used the word, then you have to use the word. This isn't a luck charm to sit by your bedstand to keep gris, gris away from you. This isn't a four-leaf clover. This is an identity and an instruction manual of how to do warfare. And if you think keeping a real gun without bullets on the side of your bed that you don't know how to operate in will keep a robber from killing you, you're dead wrong. And if you are not equipped with this book right here, look at me. The devil will take you and he will shame you and blame you and guilt you, even though none of that should be happening to you as a born again child of God. (laughs) Jesus used the word. We, We don't need faith to move mountains. We need faith that can move our mouth. It isn't the word that he was thinking about. It isn't the word that was sitting on his bedstand. It was the word that was in his heart and came out of his mouth. And he quoted that word to the devil because that reminded the devil of who he was. He was created by the word of God. And so he had to yield and submit to the word of God. Proverbs 6 20 says this, my son, be guided by your father's God given commandments and instructions. And do not reject the teachings of your mother. Bind them continually upon. And in your. And tie them around your. We don't need to bind the devil. We need to bind the word to our hearts. And then get it coming out of our mouths. Here's the third thing Jesus did. Remember the devil tried to get him to bow down and. Worship him. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever. Felt like you were praying and you couldn't get anywhere. Have you ever felt like you were reading your Bible and you weren't getting anything? I Me, mean, you feel like Pastor. People tell us, Pastor, I don't feel like my prayers. I feel like I'm so far away from God. Have you ever felt that way? Okay, I'm going to give you a sure way of finding God every time. Watch this. I want to read it to you. It's found in John four twenty three. But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in? And for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Look at me. If you can't find God, start worshiping him. He'll find you. Now, when you say worship, like like what we had here before, what we were doing before, look at me. How many of you, this, this is the first church you ever came to where people raised their hands that didn't have a question? I mean, if you come here for the first time, you sit here and you go, Why does everybody stand up during the whole first part of the service? You later learn it's because we're gonna make you sit down so long, you're gonna be grateful that you did stand up. Okay, well, watch this. And then you start like, you know, people are like, why is the pastor so mean? What do you mean? Look, all these people raising their hands, and he's not even stopping and answering their questions. And you got some people with two questions, and they're waving down the pastor. I mean, why, why does any? He... And then we stop in between, like in between, and and they're bowing up here, and they're going, ah, 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 ah. ah. Did she forget the words of the song? Like, why, why is she doing that? Because we're simply singing and inviting the presence of God here. Look at me. If that bothers you, heaven is going to be hell to you. Because that's all that's going to happen in heaven. In His presence is fullness of joy and life evermore. I have no greater joy. I stand back in the back. Y'all know that. I'll shake everybody's hand that I can. I'll kiss a woman on the cheek as long as you know you don't have a mustache. I'll, you will know, not know all that. But I have no greater joy than to st- stand back in the back and to see this whole church doing this right here. Just doing this right here. Just doing this. Because I realized at that moment that they're not here for me and they're not here for Pastor Chris and they're not here for Pastor Joseph and they're not here for Haley or the Women's Ministry or Miss Michelle, but they are here for the only one matters who will always find those who will worship him Miss Michelle and I are going to go to Israel on Friday I've never been and when we talk about worship we talk about this we talk about people really worship they're doing this do you know what those people do for worship oh God we need you help help God help there is a wall we're going to visit called the Wailing Wall. And because Jews don't believe that the Messiah has already come, they're there at the wall rolling prayers in the wall going, oh, crying for the Messiah to come. You know, I start every morning, most every morning of my life. I get up early. I'm not going to tell you what time I get up. If you get up before me, you'll get proud. If you get up later than me, you'll get condemned. Okay. I walk into my living room and I go, Alexa, play Elevation Worship. I love Alexa. She's the only woman that listens to me every time. <laughs> and she'll start coming on and I'll just start. And I just start like, like, like this, oh, and I just worship. Can I tell you this? I have never, ever, ever had one moment when I didn't meet God. Why? Because I'm just worshiping. Just worshiping. Just, he's looking for me. He's looking. The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro about the world, looking for someone that he can show himself strong on their behalf. God's going, who's going to worship me? Who can I find? Oh, there he is. There he is. Worship. Jesus fasted. Jesus spoke the word. Jesus worshiped only God. And then here's the last part, and it's the best one. It's the best one. He refused to allow the enemy to make him question his own identity. Every time he said, if you are, if you are, if you are. Okay, look at me. I'm telling you, be careful. Don't This, this is the pride. The next one I'm gonna say in the next two minutes is worth everything. Here it is, watch. Everything that was created in Genesis god said let there be and there was light watch this god spoke it the word went forth who is named jesus and it was created by the holy spirit so it came from through created by do you know what happens when you become a born-again christian you know who draws you the holy spirit and you know who he brings you to Jesus, And you know what Jesus does? He brings you to the Father. So the same way that all was created, you are recreated as a new creature in Christ. (laughs) The same way that God created and he spoke and he said, let there be light. God originated. The word Jesus went forth. The Holy Spirit created. Holy Spirit goes, I'm going to come to Jesus. And he draws you. And you come to Jesus and then you come to him and he brings you into a relationship with the father. Do you know what the devil's real end game is? To try to convince you you're not a born again, child of God, claimed, loved, and well-pleasing. Do you remember the last thing where we started that he said to Jesus, Luke three twenty two. And the Holy Spirit descended on him bodily formed like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and said, you are my son, whom I, with you I am. He was named, claimed, and blessed. What was the first thing the devil tried to take away from him? If you're really the son of God if he can win and convince you you're not who God says you are even though you're a born-again child of God and heaven should be living inside of you you'll feel guilty shamed and blamed even though that's not who you are even though that's not who you are he used fasting he used the word he used worship but all of it ultimately don't forget this was that stripping him his identity as a blood-washed born-again child of God Look at me. God loves you and there's nothing you could ever do to make him love you more. And there's nothing you could ever do to make him love you less. He claims you. He claims you as his very own. You are my beloved. He calls you and me. Beloved means the most loved. How many of have ever read the book of John? You know what John's title is? Peter, you know, is the denier. Thomas was the doubter. What was John's title? The beloved. It means the most loved. You know who called him the most loved? He did. Jesus never called him that. He called himself that. Look at me. What do you call yourself? What do you call yourself? with the apple of his eye. If Jesus would have only come and died for one person, he would have done it for you. He knows the hair on your head. He knows your fingerprints. He knows your irises. He knows your voice patterns. There's no one like you. He loves you. He has named you and claimed you and blessed you as his own. That's What the enemy's after, because if you give that up, he has everything else. You can be a born again child of God and die and go to heaven, but life on earth, the mission is thwarted. You'll never share your faith. You'll never be a light for Christ. You'll never walk in victory. You'll never pass generational blessing onto your children because in spite of the fact that that's who you are, he has convinced you that's who you're not. Because if he would say it to the son of God, Do you know who created Satan? God and Jesus, the person that created. And to that person, he said, You're not who I know you are. And that's exactly what he tries to do to you and me. You're not who I know you are. You're not who I know you are. You're not who I know you are. I pray today. This isn't a message. This is is an impartation. This is an impartation. Would you bow your head with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that comes and confirms your truth, your power, your word. True worship. And now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna ask you the most important question of your life. Jesus said, unless a man or woman was born again, they wouldn't see the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, unless a man or woman was born again, they wouldn't enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he said, don't be surprised that I tell you, you must be born again. Have you been born again? You say, Pastor, I've been christened, I've been baptized, I've joined the church. Isn't that good enough? That's a great start, but that's not what Jesus said. He said, you must be born again to see the kingdom of heaven or to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Pastor, how can I do that? It's as easy as A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus Christ became your sin bearer, and he died for your sin so you wouldn't have to die with your sin. And C, confess Christ as your Lord and Savior as you turn away from sin to be born again. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus. I may have been christened or baptized, but I've never prayed to be born again. Pastor, would you pray for me today? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to pray for you right at your seat, right where you are. If that's you, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand high and then put it back down. And I'm just going to say, I know who to pray for. One, God brought you here. Two, nothing is ever an accident, not even the circumstances that led up to this week. And now it's your time to begin your spiritual journey of being born again three if that's you lift your hand high lift it high one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve keep it high 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 21 22 23 24. okay you could put your hands down 25 last 10 seconds pastor i didn't raise my hand with these 25 but i should have i've never prayed to be born again i know this is what i need i don't know why i've been afraid I know God is talking to me now. I didn't raise my hand, but I should have. Raise it and wave it at me. Join these 25. Wave it at me. 26, 27, 28, 29. I got it. 30. All right. At church, 31. Let's pray out loud, church, with all of those that raise their hand to be born again. Let's pray out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my guilt my sin, and my shame, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I would not have to go, and you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn away from sin to be born again. Today, God is my Father, Jesus is my Savior, and I'm born again in Jesus' name. Amen.